Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. Take me through that 2007 year. You know, they, they, the, the curse was broken in 2004. I watched that. It was amazing to me. Uh, 2007, it comes around again. You guys are World Series champions. You beat the Rockies. Take me through that year. Did you know spring training you had a special team? Yeah, well, see, here's the thing is, in spring training in, in 05, I was in big league camp with all of them right after they went. And, you know, that was the, the team that did it all. And, you know, of course, I'm coming in as a young prospect. And like I said, it was it was a tough group to – to Pierce. I mean, that I think me and Kevin Euclid were the only 20 year olds on that team for a long time, man. And it was a tough group to Pierce. And you had some hardcore dudes that just won a World Series. And so I was fortunate enough to go there. And I remember we were facing the blue, no, the Baltimore Orioles in uh, spring training. And, um, Millar and Damon and Trot and all were getting drilled by some Dominican throwing a hundred, and I'm out there. I'm like, man, well, look, I'm not going back on that on that bench unless I start drilling people. So I started. I think I had Palmero, Sosa, a bunch of Hall of Famers coming up. I start drilling Hall of Famers, and I even got I'm spring. <laughs> I don't even have a day in the big leagues. And Sammy Sosa charges the mound on me, and we're fucking getting into it. So. After that, Tito was like, he pulls me in the office. He's like, Pat, what the hell is going on out there, man? What are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. I just did what I felt like I had to do. I mean, I know we got our asses kicked because I drilled everybody. But And then Tito's like, I love it, man. I love it. Yeah. You know? And so, uh, yeah, that's just kind of how they welcomed me when I got there, you know, because of, I had spring training with them. Very cool. And the, and the 07 run, you know, it's so – I've had so many guys on this program, and, and some guys got rings, some guys don't have rings. Some guys – you know, we just had Griffey on recently. Played all those years. One of the greatest players of all time. Never even got to a World Series, let alone won one. That feeling, you got – you you were there last pitch. You ended it. It's uh, a feeling like none other, man. You know, and I, I'll be I, – I, I, I admit, you know, I really don't – man, we were – we were, those were the days where we were out every night and man, we were having a fun time and you know, I no social at, media. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. I don't know how they do it now. God almighty. It's gotta be terrible. But you know, um, for me, I, I, I was riding the wave, man. And you know, obviously there's a childhood dream to strike out somebody to win the world series. And, um, you know, I ended up playing again. I went to Mississippi State. The kid I struck out was from Ole Miss. We played since we were 18 together. So it was it was kind of nostalgic, but it's a hard thing to explain. And um, you know, now that I look back and I'm tired, man, how blessed I was. Uh, it's it's hard to imagine because I wasn't as thankful for it, you know, when I played. But now it's man, it's it's incredible to go back and talk about it for sure. Um, talk about talk to me about the rivalry. With the Yankees back then, I know as a player, uh, you know, in the early two thousands, I was on those some great Mariner teams. But uh, but uh, I'll tell you what, it was still we'd we'd stop what we were doing and watch that Boston Yankee rivalry. Yeah, but it we're, just okay, was what it was. Did y'all y'all didn't lose? Uh, did y'all y'all did not lose a series all year, right? 
I think we lost one in September. We oh, y'all lost one late. We, right. We yeah. screwed it up. But it yeah. was still that Boston and and I talk about it all the time. I love my time in Seattle. Wouldn't wouldn't trade it for the world. Uh love my time in Cincinnati. But I always wanted to play the end of my career. I, I, I wanted to play in New York. I love I loved Yankee Stadium. I loved old Yankee Stadium. Never got that opportunity, but I really, you know, I'd watch you guys in that rivalry, and it's like it was the only – they're trying to make rivalries in, in Seattle, like you and the Padres. And we're like, come on, that's, that's not a real rivalry. I, when we watched Yankee Boston, that was the rivalry, and, and it was cool. Take me inside that a little bit uh, as a player back then, 07. Yeah, you know, for me, when I, when I, when I came up, it was – um okay so first we had your brother hit the home run against Wake, defeated right. then they come and win it the next year and then it's ingrained as you once as soon as that i feel like as soon as 04 happened um and you know you could go all all the brawls that had happened you know the the one in the bullpen the one with the royo and tech and i mean Pedro throws in. I mean, they all got crazy, you know? I, I mean, and it's just, to me, as soon as I was drafted, being from the South, I didn't know about Yankees and Red Sox as much until I got up there. And it was ingrained in me. It really truly was ingrained into me that if I come up here and I have success against the Yankees, I'm doing something. Like, that is what – they expected me, and if I don't have success in the Yan- against the Yankees, I will not be here very long. So, um, yeah, that became an integral part of my career to make sure that I had success against them. Now, did Jarek Jeter bloop a few on me every now and then? Yeah, but overall, I, I had success against them, and I think that um, that plays a big part, man. You can't have success against your guys in the division that you know have been kicking your ass for a long time, and now you're starting to kick their ass, and you got to give them back. You're not going to stick around here long. It's just a fact. 08, you're an all-star again. 09, an all-star. You were a six-time all-star. 2014, you're with the Phillies. Uh, get your 300th career save. Something to it. There's something. certain things as position players that are kind of milestones you hit. Uh, I would assume, you know, for starters, there's milestones. They're, they're ever-changing now with, with the game, the way the game is now. Wins and losses aren't a big deal like they used right. to be. But uh, three, you, you get 300 save. Kind of, kind of a big deal. Yeah, you know, I and it was for me. And, and like I said earlier, I, I look at it now more than I did before. Um, but I was going to Philadelphia. Man, shit, Halliday, Hamels, Cliff Lee, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, myself. I mean, dude, I could have gone. I thought honestly, I was, you know. The whole Bobby Valentine thing started to happen in Boston, and I got out before that, and I thought I was going to Philadelphia, and, man, I was going to put some more rings on my finger. I, that's, I honestly thought that. And then we had, you know, you know, God rest his soul, Halliday just started getting old um, injuries with Brian Howard's Achilles, and, you know, a lot of things happened. But, I, you know, for me, hitting 300 was obviously so special um, – and I didn't even, you know, I didn't realize I was the fastest to get to 300. And they're telling me I was faster than Mo. And I was like, man, well, I'm going to chase Mo. And then all of a sudden, like I talked about earlier, I started 
falling apart. The teams in Philly started falling apart. So I didn't have opportunities. So every opportunity came slow, you know, to get 35 saves. I was pumped about that instead of 45, like in Boston. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that started to happen towards the end of my career. And, um, you know, then I go into Washington and I was kind of, you know, I gave up money to go there thinking that I was going to a different team than what I was expected to go to. And then, you know, me and Harp got into it, which was fine. We're great now, but there was turmoil in the clubhouse then. And so I just did not have as many opportunities as I would have liked to towards the end of my career, but it happens. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Uh, you finish with the Nash, uh, with the Nationals. Um, great career. 386 saves. 244 Ernie. Uh, that's a lot. Six All-Star games. That's a lot of... That's a lot of uh, damage you did. You look at that. We were just talking about the rivalry with New York and Boston. The East is different now. You talk about Nesson. You're you're <clears throat> you're working with them. Different now. You got Baltimore atop the division. Uh, Tampa Bay has really come into their own. I mean, year in and year out, they're they're a pain in the neck. Uh, Toronto, a lot better. Got a great offense. Pitching's better. What about? Boston, you say they're last place. Yankees, or it's you know, you guys are battling for the seller. Still over five hundred, not like it, like the in the central. That's the thing. They're both both of the teams are over five hundred. Yeah, some of these National League teams, they're taking that. That's what's so crazy, Brett. Yeah, and and I'll tell you what, they still Boston and New York still have a chance. Right. Your in your day in the beginning in Boston. These other these other teams weren't even. It was who's going to win this year, Yankees or Boston? It was back and forth. Now it's different. It's a different division. Hey, look, it, when we played back in the day, uh, and David Ortiz will tell you this. I think you got it. our motto was we're going to drink your beer and we're going to kick your ass. And like the Blue Jays and Orioles were like, Camden Yard was Fenway South, literally, and and now it's 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 all changed, but. You know, the great thing is, is about the game now is, man, with the wild card and all that, it's, you really you, you have a chance. Every team still has a chance. And these guys still going to play each other a lot. But, um, you know, to me as a player, man, I, I, I can only speak as a player. I've never been in the front office. I've never, you know, you know, done this. But now I'm doing, you know, I'm an analyst, so-called analyst with Jim Mike <laughs> here, uh, you know. Me and Jim get into it a lot. He's the Hall of Famer here, but I, I I I enjoy it. But man, like the the Red Sox have done absolutely nothing to make them any better. And I don't know what the analytics say that man, if you're in the hunt for a postseason and you need a whole lot more and you don't go get anything, what does that tell you as a player? Brett, you're playing. And when you're on a team, you busted your ass all season long to, to get to the trade deadline to maybe get that one more guy to take you over the hill. You got Chris Sale coming back, Trevor Story coming back. Uh, man, like 
a lot. Just it blew my mind, man. And I, I don't know, dude. We've just had this talk with the with the trade deadline and teams I've been on, <clears throat> and and what do players do go through? I know I've been at the trade deadline a few times, where we look up and it's like they didn't do anything. Now all of a sudden we go to that clubhouse the next day and it's us. Now there's 26, 25 guys. We're looking at each other. It's like, it's us against the world. Now I've also been on teams where at the deadline, we went out and got a piece and, and kind of everybody that next day in the clubhouse is like, all right, management's got our back. We can go on. Now that doesn't always end well, but from a player's perspective, I know you've been through it. I've been through it. You appreciate when management's pulling on the same end of the rope as, as, uh, us in the clubhouse you do not win a championship or you do not go far in postseason without management having your back not only in the media but on the team you know there's 26 guys on the team but you also got in today's world got amounts of trainers and coaching staff that all have to be on your back that all have to protect the player and the manager that now also you have to have a front office that is on board to do the same. And if you don't have front office, staff, and players all protecting each other, having each other's back, trying to do something special, you just don't win. The uniqueness about the East this year, American League East, is Yankees and Boston, even though they're in fourth and fifth place, with the way that set up, they're still in this. One of those teams can still make – you can't have five from a division, but you can't have four mathematically. Uh, you know, I keep a special eye, obviously, on a few teams. I, I keep a special eye on the Mariners. I, I, I follow what the Reds are doing. And, obviously, I keep, a, I keep an eye on the Yankees from, from a family Correct. perspective. Correct. You're looking at it right now. What are doing this year, though, baby? Huh? I gotta love, man. You love what the Reds are doing this year, man. I love it's it's pretty cool. You know, I I love those stories now. Me too, man. Because Baltimore. When's the last time we talked about Baltimore? They've been the doormat for how many years? All of a sudden, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool story. This LAD La Cruz comes up, and and uh, a teammate of mine, and one of my favorite guys too. He's a red ass. David Bell's at the helm in in Cincinnati. So I, I like watching stories like that. It's very cool. Crystal ball. Do the Yankees or Boston? Does either one make it to the postseason? Okay. Um, and if if so, only one can do it. The position they're sitting in. I, I don't see. The, I honestly, I don't see the Red Sox making it because they don't have Alex Cora. To me, has done the most amazing job of any manager this year, if given what he's had to work with, man. The amount of shuffling that he has had to do this year. Look, man, I, they got guys coming up in the minor leagues. I'm, I got to get briefed. Who's this guy today? Who's this guy tomorrow? Like, I don't even know who these guys are, you know, some of them. And so his job to me has been excruciating and hard. And to me, the front office has made it that way. And so I'm looking at the front office has already called the – the general manager said already said the Red Sox are underdogs. Why should we add on? Okay. Well, if your general manager is saying you're underdogs, then why should we add on? How do you think everybody else feels around here? Yeah. So to me, the statement says everything, and that puts the mood is oh well, we're not gonna win. So 
What else do you expect? So if the general manager is going to create that mood around here and in this city, why should you expect them to be in the playoffs? 2023, Jonathan Papelbon takes the mound. How are you doing with the pitch clock? <laughs> well, you know, me and Joe West used to have a lot to do about this before they started this pitch clock, and I used to get fined a lot. Theo would actually pay my fines, and he'd say, you just do your routine, whatever, until they started getting steeper and steeper. We had to change. So <laughs> I realize you have to change. I realize the owner, you only get, you know, what do they call them? I call them a pickoff, but now they're called disengagements. Disengagements, right. Like, what the hell is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> so um, you get two picks, and I, I would, I would adjust to it just because that is what you have to evolve. And now, right. would I like it? Not necessarily, but I would probably be that guy. Like I'm in the hotel room, I'd be in the mirror with the clock. You know, I'd be trying little things and and, and making it work. Uh, would I like it? No. Yeah, as a hitter, I, I I look back and forth. I think as a hitter, it'd be a little bit easier if you have a certain way you go about uh, on the mound. I, I can understand how that'd be an adjustment, especially after years in the game. But as a hitter, uh, I don't know. For me, I think it would be no big deal. I, now, I don't like the fact that I need to engage you at the eight second mark, and yeah, that, you can hold you can hold the ball on me, and I can't call timeout. Yeah, when I call timeout, that was my kind of my ticket. I think they can work that out, though. Yeah, I, I think it's. There's some some stinks to that, man. Yeah, so it's it's not perfect yet. I don't think it's perfect yet. There's gonna be, some, you know, he's got to look and engage him right. There's some right. So, um, yeah, but the hard thing is, is for guys like Scherzer and Verlanders who have done this for you know, right well, 30 20 years. years. Yeah, so it's. Well, Pap, I wish you all the best, man. I appreciate you coming on. Morning, man. Best, best you. of luck with Nesson. Tell, uh, tell Yuke I said hello. He was He's a friend of the program, and uh, all the best, man. Yeah, and we got you... Yuke and Wake and me now. Yeah, tell w- Wake's been on the show. Tell Wake I said hi, too. I had, I've been battling Wake since double-A. Ask him about double-A. Oh, yeah, they I... made me catch with him my rookie year, and I had 20 off my shins. That was part of my uh, hazing. Well, I appreciate it. For all okay, you out buddy. there watching the Boone podcast, I appreciate you watching, appreciate you listening, and yeah, we'll man. see you next time. Okay, man. We'll see you. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.